This is District Sentinel Radio, newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Also subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel, so you can get access to all the content we put out. That includes participating in our garbage can proceedings. Right now, nominations are open over at patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Put in a garbage candidate. There's a lot of good ones already nominated, but uh, throw a name in there. It might make it to polling tomorrow where you can vote, and uh, we'll end up throwing someone in the garbage can. Has anyone nominated Aravosis yet? I don't think so. You can be the first. (laughs) There, there were a few other good ones. Can you think of any off the top of your head? Nate Silver's been pretty bad uh, this week. There, uh, Steven Crowder. Ah, uh, yeah, of course, Crowder. Um, but yeah, people have been nominating all sorts of... I'll just say it, Greenwald. <laughs> oh, yeah, Glenn Greenwald. Totally forgot about him. <laughs> uh, we've got, uh, once again, Joe Biden. Joe Biden gets nominated every week. Uh, we've got the queen, people who fetishize the queen, Ooh. ice. People who fetishize the queen, they're they're a good shout. Yeah, YouTube. So get your candidates in right now, patreon.com slash district sentinel, five bucks a month, you get access to all sorts of bonus content, and you get a haiku written for you and read on air. No show Friday, you said that, right? Yeah, no show Friday. Uh, also, no shows in a few weeks. I will be out of town for a week. So if you're expecting shows on the week of June 17th, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll do special one-man shows. Maybe you will do special one-man shows. We'll see. Also, me and, me and I, w- dog. I will be in New Jersey where gambling is legal. So hit me up with your hot tips and send me some Venmo and I will I'll place bets for you in New Jersey. So always looking out. Hit, hit, hit me up. Always looking out. Are you going to take a vig on it? Are you going to going to take some of a uh, take something a little bit off the top as a service fee? I I might I probably won't, but if if I if I get some hot tips, I I might What jump. about if you win? If if the bet hits, you should get a you should get a little bit off the top. Yeah, if the bet hits, I uh, and it's a big one. You might, 15 bucks might go missing. It's Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. Here's the news. America's most popular politician, the man himself, Bernie Sanders, showed up at a Walmart shareholders meeting on Wednesday to do some shit kicking. Sanders was invited to the gathering by a Walmart worker, Kat Davis, and on her behalf, he introduced a proposal that would have given workers a seat on the company's board. Walmart is the largest private employer in the United States. It's owned by the nation's wealthiest family, the Waltons, who individually occupy spots 16, 17, and 18 on the Forbes Richest Americans list. The proposal that Sanders introduced was unfortunately promptly dismissed, but Sanders did reserve a few choice words for Walmart's leadership on hand. He called out the company's, quote, starvation wages. He added that, quote, the American people are sick and tired of subsidizing the greed of some of the largest and most profitable corporations in this country. 
Sanders then took his message to the streets outside the shareholder meeting where he convened a rally to speak in support of a living wage. You know, this is how Sanders is going to win a primary and then eventually win an election. He's going to get involved this weekend with the McDonald's workers and the Fight for 15. The way he's connecting his presidential campaign with on-the-ground labor organizing is just insanely good. Not something uh, I have ever seen a presidential campaign do, nor had I ever expected a presidential campaign to do this. Um, I remember Obama in 2008 talking about how he would uh, stand with workers who were picketing, and then he never did anything as soon as he got elected. And Bernie is already doing it, using his campaign apparatus to do it. He's sending out texts to his supporters, telling them to uh, show up at various labor struggles throughout the country, and... It's insanely good. The House Intelligence Committee held a hearing today on climate change. Republicans were in fine form trying to brown nose fossil fuel companies. Here was Utah Congressman Chris Stewart, recipient of $276,000 in oil and gas campaign money throughout his career. Do you think that some of the predictions or the warnings or some of the real dire uh, emotional uh, claims that we've heard over the last half a generation or so, for example, and we've been told that we've got 12 years to fix this or that it's the end of mankind. Do you think that helps the conversation or does it make it, make it more complicated and more emotional than perhaps we should be in, in this? Yeah, pretty easy to not give a shit about rising sea levels when A, you're from Utah, and B, you have a spot on the Exxon bio yacht. Sorry to get a little emotional when talking about the end of 95% of species on the planet. And slowly rising sea levels that are already increasingly flooding the city of Miami and other cities. Have you been down to Haynes Point in D.C.? I was down there recently, uh, and it was just totally flooded. And I checked the weather that day, and the National Weather Service had issued a general uh, warning for flooding on the East Coast. Just on the We're going to lose Coast. Haynes Point. We're going to lose treasure Haynes Point. treasure here in D.C. One of the few treasures in D.C., Haynes Point. Get fucked, Chris Stewart. Meanwhile, Ohio Republican Brad Winstrup is already looking forward to more beach time or something due to global warming. Here he was. You also look at situation for, for some, farming becomes more difficult in this situation. For others, it may become more viable uh, in other parts of the world. I think you mentioned something about new markets of fishing lanes and things like that that, that may open up as a result. And, and these are things to keep an eye on, too. The point I'm trying to make is, for some, there may be some good things and others, not good things. And right? President Trump basically made this point in an interview with Piers Morgan that's been going around social media that people are uh, aghast at because... Piers Morgan asked him if he believed in climate change, and he, he made some vague remark about how climate change happens both ways, quote-unquote both ways, sort of insinuating that there will be something good about <sighs> this. Hey, you see mass global displacement and chaos, I see opportunity. I mean, this is, people, it, it is outdated to say that Republicans are climate deniers or that they don't have a plan this is their plan. Try to make money off yeah, of this. Climate opportunists. Also, by the way, demonizing refugees, climate refugees. If, if Trump saying both ways to Pierce Morgan sort of reminds you of, of Trump saying, well, there are good people on both sides in Charlottesville. I mean, b b b there is a vague link there in that 
Uh, well, maybe maybe I'm overstating the link. I'm just it it well, it's you, awful. It's, it's just awful. It's one giant shock doctrine. Yeah, what we're seeing, and a bunch of mini shock doctrines with each of the major storms and you know cataclysmic events that happen as a result of climate change. But that's the overarching theory as or strategy as well. Trump just wants the uh, good people on both sides in Charlottesville to uh, make money off of climate change and all the refugees. I guess if that means private prisons or something and slave labor camps <laughs> for for better farmland or whatever, so be it. Turning to Capitol Hill, senators on both sides of the aisle are preparing to block the Trump administration from using emergency powers to sell billions of dollars of weapons to Saudi Arabia and other nations. Congress has the power to disapprove of any arms deals pursued by the administration. However, last month, the White House invoked emergency powers to push through $8.1 billion worth of arms to Jordan, the UAE, and Saudi Arabia, a nation that is engaged with the help of the U.S. in a disastrous assault on Yemen. The administration cited the so-called heightened threat of Iran to force the arms sales without giving Congress a chance to weigh in. Lawmakers are supposed to be notified 30 days before any weapons deals to allow them to pass a resolution to formally block those deals. Now, both Republicans and Democratic senators are working on a package of 22 different resolutions, one for each individual weapons deal with the aim of blocking each purchase one by one. Senator Bob Menendez said in a statement Wednesday, quote, I am prepared to move forward with any and all options to nullify the licenses at issue for both Saudi Arabia and UAE and eliminate any ability for the administration to bypass Congress in future arms sales. Uh, senators believing they can still stop this before the arms are actually physically delivered. Um, that would set up an interesting showdown here if they do pass these resolutions and the administration just sells the weapons anyways. Trump ally Senator Lindsey Graham has also broken with the White House on this issue. Plans to sponsor a disapproval resolution as well. The lawmakers are joined by Senators Jack Reed, Patrick Leahy, Todd Young, and Rand Paul. There is a similar effort in the House led by Congressman Ro Khanna. One promising thing on the side of lawmakers trying to block the arms sales is that they can bring forward a privileged resolution, which has to be voted on. It can't be ignored by folks like Mitch McConnell or Nancy Pelosi. Always a silver lining. The chair of the Federal Reserve hinted that he is prepared to cut interest rates if President Trump's trade war significantly harms the economy. Jerome Powell made the remarks Tuesday, referring to ongoing tariff disputes between the administration and foreign trading partners, including Mexico and China. Powell said, quote, we are closely monitoring the implications of these developments for the U.S. economic outlook. As always, we will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion with a strong labor market and inflation near a symmetric 2% objective, end of quote. In central bank speak, that means lower interest rates could be coming if trade wars cause the unemployment rate to increase. The New York Times noted the S&P 500 was up 2.1% after Powell made his remarks. There could be some ugly unintended consequences of an interest rate cut, however. A key industry could be negatively impacted with some pretty nasty spillover. The financial sector. According to CNBC and Bank of America, some of the biggest banks will see their earnings decrease if the Fed cuts rates. 
JP Morgan's 2020 earnings would be down 10%, assuming interest rates are cut by three quarters of a percentage point. Comerica, which is the 35th largest bank in the country, would see earnings down by 20%. Citizens Financial, the 22nd largest bank in the country, would see a 16% decline in earnings. We noted on a recent show how banks are increasingly relying on high interest rates for income. If the Fed needs to cut rates because of a trade war, that could put some serious stress on the banking system. Sort of like getting punched in the stomach when you have diarrhea. Yikes. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll end the newscast on that note. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. Like we're doing for Greg right now. Hey boys, it's Greg and Duluth. Uh, it's been a long time since I called. Got some disappointing news on the weed front. Uh, I had, you know, a few, few sales calls in northern Wisconsin, and I figured, uh, hey, you know, I'll spread them out and, and run over to Michigan and, and grab some of that legal tree. And, uh, I go to walk into the dispensary, and they inform me that because the town is close to the border, they've been cracked down on by cops. So somehow Michigan fucked up legal tree, and uh, all cops are still bastards. So I don't know, man. It's a bummer when, when weed's legal, but you can't buy it because you're too close to another fucking fascist state. Anyway, have a good one, boys. Damn, that is a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Solidarity with our folks in Michigan who have won the right to get high legally, and yet they're finding all sorts of ways to to take it away. And solidarity with our friends in Minnesota who love ice fishing and Sharia law. <laughs> That'll do it for District Sentinel Radio today. Once again, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel to get access to all the content we put out each week, including the garbage can proceedings tomorrow. You also get your own haiku written and read on air just for you. Thanks to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. We'll be back tomorrow for subscribers. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. 